0: to this Be Locals ITRO uh, webinar. Um, this is part of a series. Um, so those of you who don't know what Be Locals are, I should probably just give you a little explanation. So Be Locals are, um, I guess, well, I'm on the, on the spot now because Andy's gonna tell me whether I'm right or not. And, and also I see we've got Lucinda who's now actually kind of in charge of the B Local community. So Be Locals are basically run by B Corps for the B Corp and Be Curious community. So we run community-run events um, in person and online just to help people connect to the B Corp movement, understand what it is and work out if it's something that they want to come and hang out with and and play with. And so, yeah, we've recently collaborated with um the B Local Auckland and B Local Wellington team to create these online webinars where we're trying to bring content and ideas and people from around the country um, and f- spread the love and the, the excitement and interest in B Corp around New Zealand and Australia, seemingly. Look at that, we've gone we've got international. And I so we'll just say hi really quickly. We've got Kath Rowe from Eagle Protect um, and Kathy Gillespie from um Like Minded Learning. They are my two um uh, other B Local um, OC, as we are called, B local Ototype. Christchurch um conspirers. Um, so yeah, so thanks to them to both of them for helping me make this today. So we will get straight into it um because you don't want to hear me waffle on. We have got two amazing speakers today. We have got Angie from B Lab, um, and we're gonna be kicking off with Angie, and then we've actually got you a bonus. We've got two for the price of one with our second speaker. We were due, we well, we thought we were grateful enough just to have Leon from Augusto, but it turns out we've got Leon and Michelle both the co-founders of Augusto. So we're going to kick off with Angie um, and then we'll we'll hear um, some content from, from Leon. So I won't steal any thunder of Leon's um, and Michelle's before we get there. So Angie's going to kick us off with about a 20 minute overview of, um, yeah, her thoughts on impact storytelling. How to engage and inspire through well-crafted content. So if you don't know Angie, Angie is um, from the B-Lab Australia uh, Arterio New Zealand team. She is the Director of Communications and Engagement. So hopefully she knows a little bit about storytelling. Mm-hmm. I think I think we all know that Angie does. Um, she joined uh, B-Lab in late 2022 um, with the role of building the profile of the B Corp movement in the region and is now responsible for strengthening the B Corp community engagement. With, over, with um 20 years, more than 20 years of communications and marketing experience across Australia and the UK, she has led strategic brand development, storytelling, engagement and campaigns for a wide variety of organisations, from large enterprises and household brands to non-profits, startups and social enterprises. So without further ado, over to you, Miss Angie, what have we got? <laughs> thanks,
1: Tim. Um, and huge thanks to you and Cathy and Kath for being such champions of the movement and um, volunteering your time to bring us together as part of the Be Local uh, network. It's really awesome. Um, So yeah, I'm Angie. I'm joining you from NAM, Melbourne, Australia and Wurundjeri country. Um, My pronouns are she, her and I'm really happy to be here. I um, have some slides to share so I'm going to start sharing my screen. Um, Hopefully you can all see that. Um, so I, I had the fortune fortune of actually visiting Aotearoa just a couple of weeks ago to join in the Sustainable Business Network Communicating Sustainability Masterclass, which is quite a mouthful. <laughs> um, but I did really enjoy coming out there and um, continuing to learn. Um, and I think that it's great that you're all here to have this conversation and keep learning together. Um, there were some really great insights and thanks for the introduction, Tim, but I, uh, even though I have been working in communications and marketing for over 20 years, I'm still learning every day and it's very much the case in the in the B-Lab community and B-Corp network. There's so much inspiration um, to share. So I am going to talk to you a little about um, B-Lab and B-Corp. Just I know many of you know about our movement, but I'll just touch on that and then how you can use that as a framework for impact storytelling. And provide a few examples. So I'll I'll kick off and most of you will know that B-Lab's global vision is to mobilize the community of businesses to use their force for good and we're working towards a vision for an inclusive, equitable and regenerative economy and that really drives a lot of the communication that we do as an organization Um, and it also gives us um, a, a lot of connection to amazing storytelling. And B stands for Benefit for All. And one of the things when I think about um, communication and impact storytelling is really thinking about who do you benefit and what is the benefit you bring. Um, So B Corps are obviously committed to benefiting people, planet and communities and and really understanding who and what and how um, you are bringing impact and bringing benefit to the community is an important part to inform your storytelling. B Corp certification has three main requirements uh, you'll be familiar with that, that are essentially meeting the high standards of environmental and social performance, accountability and transparency. And these fundamentals, I think, are really important to inform storytelling too. In particular, the accountability that we have to purpose and stakeholder governance. So um, that purpose sort of underpins everything you say and do. And starting with that is absolutely critical. And really knowing who your stakeholders are informs um, how you can then take an effective story to them. Transparency is super important, particularly in this context at the moment. And I think that that is a, a principle that we should consider at all times when thinking about our impact storytelling too. We've now got more than 600 B Corps across Australia and in New Zealand. Shout out to the um, New Zealand Kiwi bees as well because um, now over 120 in, um, in New Zealand. And um, I really would encourage everybody, I see, see our B Corps as leaders in storytelling, so leaders in impact and positive change. Uh, they're quite inspirational. I'm learning from them every day and Encourage everybody to take some time to actually investigate and understand and connect with the B Corp community and look at the ways that our B Corp community is doing storytelling. We've got businesses of all shapes and sizes, um, different purposes, um, different stakeholders, but essentially a shared vision. And uh, working in that positive purpose-led business space creates some incredible content to really engage and inspire audiences. So do make sure you um, reach out to the community as you are today and connect with one another and see how you can collaborate for both collective impact, uh, but also to inform your own storytelling. So I mentioned purpose before, and I think that's really critical to start there and we can't underestimate the power of purpose to drive our businesses. So, the clarity of knowing why we exist, starting with why, to use Simon Sinek's famous term, um, really getting to the heart of what you're doing and why you're doing it, that is critical to informing your storytelling. And underpinning that as well is your brand. So, we can't underestimate the power of the brand which is essentially out of your hands. It's how people perceive your organisation and your impact and it's the culmination of many of their experiences and touch points. Um, So storytelling is one part of that, but uh, thinking about your brand, what you represent, the values, the attributes, the style, I'm um, the the character, the humour. I know that um, Tim's brand, for example, is very much <laughs> led with a sense of uh, a sense of humour and quirkiness. Um, and so, having those kind of principles and core values and staying true to those informs a consistent approach to your storytelling, which people do need to have um, when they're trying to understand who you are and what and what you represent. The Be Impact Assessment is a tool you many of you will be familiar with, but it is a great platform to inform your storytelling pillars. So when we go through the B Impact Assessment, it's a freely available tool for any business. Essentially, you're able to measure and manage your impact and identify where you're doing well and potentially where you can improve. Um, and understanding kind of those kind of core areas where you are doing super well can be great fertile ground for finding engaging and captivating stories so we look at two kind of main things which is the operational impact of, of business and also the impact business models which are a bit harder to achieve but if you are able to demonstrate an impact business model I would start there and find the stories at the heart of that like who are the people behind um, that impact business model that you're benefiting and how can you elevate their stories Um, For example, you may have a supply chain model or um, you may be working in um, a design to give give model where you give back part of your profit or services back to a community in need. So thinking about who benefits and finding those people and and identifying their stories and um, using that to inform your storytelling is super powerful. Um, but also in the context of transparency, looking at the areas where you can improve and being open and honest about those when you are communicating with your audience will build connection too. So knowing your audience, I've popped in a picture here from Karma Drinks because um, when I was at that SBN uh, session a couple of weeks ago, Simon Coley from All Good and Karma Drinks talked about the importance of research um, and one of the things we always need to remember is that we are not our audiences so we get very heavily ingrained in our own businesses and it's very easy to get caught up in what you think people know or what you think you know about your customer um, or your audience that you're talking to but it's really important to do research so what um uh, all good found out i mean they have bananas that are for good um, and when they were designing their um business model they did some research to understand um even though we know from research that 60% of people are more likely or prepared to pay more for high impact businesses and good businesses. um, What does that actually mean in the market? So storytelling is a form of selling, and we do need profit to sustain our businesses. And he learned that Customers were willing to pay $1 extra per kilo for bananas that did good. And so they've used that insight to inform how they have commercially model um, the, the business, but also to help them understand like that the power of the, that storytelling does matter to their customers. Um, and so I thought that was an interesting takeaway to share with you and how it reflects just the importance of understanding your audience before you communicate with them and acknowledging that different audiences have different needs and different stories will resonate with them. So you need a toolkit. (laughs) Um, Oops, I've gone the wrong way. Now, the best stories we know um, have tension and triumph. The hero's journey is a very well kind of understood arc and framework for storytelling. And good good stories that humans hook into tend to have a character who faces a challenge and overcomes it. And the same can be said for businesses. And I'm looking forward to hearing from Augusto later on because I'm sure they'll talk a bit about the design of a good story. Um, and we, we in, I think that the, um, the storytelling principles that come from unpacking the challenges that we face and the tension that we face as businesses and how we're moving towards our purpose and our vision um, can be a similar framework. You might also be thinking about your origin story as well. So, what what was the insight that drove your business to be born, and the heart of what you're trying to achieve? How can you tell that story, um, to, to, uh, using a, an interesting story to, story arc that engages your audiences? Trust and transparency is super is super important. So we're all striving for authentic brands and we are operating in a context of mistrust and misinformation. And one particular watch out which um, we're hearing a lot more about recently is greenwashing. And there are a number of other forms of washing. So essentially overstating claims or misleading audiences about the impact you have is something to be really careful of, not only for the reputational risk, but also as um, a regulatory risk as well. So we're seeing Organisations like the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission and Consumer NZ cracking down on greenwashing. But as purpose-led businesses, we really have a responsibility to do um, the work and substantiate uh, our claims of our impact before we lead with our storytelling, Um, because the reality is those organisations won't be able to stop everything. And I think it's more than 70% of people don't have time or capacity to actually check um, the claims that are being made by businesses. Um, and also it's really hard to find out, like, if a business says something, are they actually doing that? Um, so it's really important that before you do lead into your storytelling that you um, you do substantiate the claims and you have the data and evidence to back it up. And with storytelling, there's a kind of debate around emotion and rational approaches. And we know from a lot of research as well that taking an emotional approach not only does it open up more cognitive capacity for us to pro- process information as um, as listeners, um, but it also is more effective in terms of um, driving perceptions and behaviour change. So it's important to, to have those emotional stories but then back it up with the facts um, and keep telling your story and following through on that path um, for impact improvement. Um. <clears throat> And we are also operating in a context of global crises, So it's pretty overwhelming when you think about the impact that humans are having on this planet, Um, and and, uh, particularly with climate change and pandemics and health and uh, poverty crises. Um, And so this can be despairing. And so playing into some of that can get a hook, can help, but it's really important to create hope. Um, you can engage your audiences in meaningful and simple ways um, by providing them with simple and tangible actions that they can they can take. Um, an example I've shared here is the EcoStore recent campaign on No Laundry Day. So they came up with this day, they decided to do it, they got really great engagement. And this is reflecting their commitment to water reduction and the environment Um, and so coming up with some of the ways that you can engage your audience in simple meaningful ways to take action can be something to consider to improve this the understanding of the impact that your business is having to keep it simple I know there's a phrase keep it simple stupid but I like to say keep it simple sweet (laughs) Um, so the sustainability and impact is incredibly complex there's lots of terms there's lots of lingo um but what it's it's you don't need to tell everything all at once so i think it's really important to pull out going back to that purpose and what you stand for and then using those storytelling pillars and building out a range of stories based on um simple insights that show your understanding of your audience and are able you're able to communicate your impact in simple and meaningful ways um, and making it memorable is really important too it would be remiss of me not to say that B Corp certification does help you to communicate sustainability. So that small t- that small mark on your packaging or on your website can communicate a lot. And we we do um, we do we do rely on our B Corps to tell the story of what B Corp means to them, and also that then impacts the rest of the movement too. So awareness is building globally around what B Corp represents, and and the research from around the globe which we are going to do soon in our local region, shows that people who understand what B Corp is are much more likely to buy from a B Corp or engage with a B Corp in some way. Um, and this this is a, so this is a really powerful um, trust mark to communicate and it allows you to tell a lot about your environmental and social commitment in a very short space of time. And we know that people do have very limited time um, and you have a very short space of time to engage. I would encourage everyone to test and learn. So taking um, Julia from Kiwi Bank's words, uh, do the mahi, do the work, Um, essentially doing the work first to inform your storytelling um, and using the B Corp framework is one way you can do that. Um, And then testing and seeing what sticks. Knowing, again, that smaller businesses in our community um, don't necessarily have comprehensive budgets and teams and resources, um, but you can test in small and meaningful ways um, to see what really resonates with your audiences. And it may be as simple as um, testing stories with a smaller group before you send it out more broadly to your network. And also seek out support from others in the network too so you can learn from others. So I have three quick examples before I wrap up. So the first one is an Australian brand. Um, and Who Gives a Crap is a toilet paper production company, many of you may be familiar with. And what I really like about this brand is that they have a really serious mission. They're committing 50% of their profits back to providing toilets to um, communities around the globe that don't have access to clean toilets um, wow. and sanitation. Um, but they they do it in a way that is not, they don't take themselves too seriously. So this is about understanding your brand and what you represent and using that to inform your storytelling and understanding your audience so they recognize that that fun and playful nature is what's resonating and connecting with their with their customers. And Who Gives a Crap was actually started from a storytelling moment. So Simon Griffiths, the founder, actually sat on a toilet for 50 hours to, to crowdsource $50,000 to fund his business. And that in itself was a storytelling moment that got lots of coverage and engagement and set them on a pathway for that kind of continued um, uh, narrative of a fun business. Um, and they they have also done some really cool fun things recently, like they convinced the solar power um, panel company to to spell out we give a crack on the roof of their Australian warehouse and use that as a storytelling moment too or they've connected with their customers to find out what their eco fails are and sh- shared them back on their blog so things like forgetting to take your reusable shopping bags to the supermarket um face palm kind of vibe um, so and they're really playing into that kind of positivity as well so yeah what they're doing is really serious but um how they communicate it is with a bit of fun uh, Patagonia is one of our hero brands in the B Corp movement. Many of you will be very familiar with it. They actually have 50, more than 50 years experience now of storytelling and have always been an environmental activist brand. And they don't don't buy this. Jacket campaign from 2011 is really sort of stood out in many of our minds as an innovative and kind of compelling approach to communicating impact. And Yvon Chouinard, who established the business in 1973, has said throughout time that whenever he does good for the business, he actually makes more money. Um, and now the business has... Um, Uh, has made Earth their only shareholder, which was another moment which we can can aspire to. It's not necessarily possible for us all to be Patagonians of the world. Um, But what they've done now is they've sort of moved into essentially being a media channel as well. So their Roaring Journals actually features beautiful um, films and stories and podcasts um, to connect with that emotional side and, and their commitment to protecting the environment they also do a really good job of balancing their communication with a great product. Um, so you need to make sure that you're not only doing the positive work on the impact, but you have a service or a product that meets customer needs. And a, and a Kiwi B Corp, AWA, um, Maori-owned business who's really committed to fighting period poverty in Aotearoa. I think they're a great example of a brand that's really tr- true to their purpose um, and they, they do the work by giving back to the community, but they are also um, have a really strong brand and educate uh, their audiences, anyone with a uterus, trying to empower, empower them to uh, understand and communicate and learn more about the experience of uh, menstruation and other issues that affect um, their, their audiences and they're really transparent, accessible and authentic in their brand. And they show things like the traceable supply chain in their um, product pages to really educate their audiences to understand what they're doing but also to improve and encourage action um, amongst the, their audiences too. They're my three examples. That's my 20 minutes. Thank you so much for your attention and um really keen to connect with any of you so feel free to hit me up and I will share a couple of resources as well in the chat. Go on.
0: Boom. <laughs> Perfect timing. Look at that. You are a professional. Um <laughs> any um yeah round of applause for Angie either in real life or if you can work the emoji thing like Jazz has done. Go crazy. Um any questions specifically for uh, yeah anything that Angie was talking about before we um, we roll into to Leon and Michelle?
2: I've got a I've got a question. Um, just being a marketing company ourselves, um, what do you think the importance is that the marketing and this is not to get business? <laughs> what do you think the importance is that the people working with you are, are values based as well from a marketing perspective? And this is a genuine question to put out into the into the group.
1: the group or you to you and
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, you first
1: yeah sure um <clears throat> do you mean around the um the clients that you're working with as an agency as well or
2: just the more opposite. generally? i mean oh yeah like so if you're if you've if you're purpose-led and impact-led how important is it that the agency or understands this work and is values and purpose-based led rather than just maybe doing the odd campaign for pr i'm i'm really interested in your thoughts and experience around that
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, one of the things, I mean, I guess starting, we always start with ourselves and in in terms of B Corps um, and the businesses, the purpose-led businesses, um, our primary, what we encourage people to think about is that the primary audience is actually the employees that you're working with, so really engaging your staff um, and aligning on your purpose and values and mission first. Um, But uh, I guess when you are collaborating on one of the benefits of working in the B Corp community is that you are on a level level playing field. Um, so we do find that B Corp's, working with B Corp's is really powerful and also super efficient too uh, because there is that base level of trust and understanding of the commitment that you make to people, planet, and communities. But, yeah, absolutely, I think it's critical that you uh, have those conversations up front and make sure that you are aligned when you're working together. Mm,
2: it's really
0: interesting. I just, I just add to that. I think the... the the bigger your supply chain is you know the further back in your supply chain that 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 there's still good going on that that just becomes you know like our is a classic example it's like we've gone back and we know that not just us pulling the product together and putting it in a box and marketing it are doing good but everyone around us is doing good and there's an increasing depth that people are looking for including b lab itself in the potential new standards coming in the future where people want to know more than just it looks nice in the box. We know that you're a good company. We want to know more about how you how you operate. So, um, Belen, is am I saying your name correctly?
1: Yes, perfect. Excellent. Hello, thank you, Angie. Thanks, team. It's amazing so far. It's great. I love it. Question about the tools that you have in the website because I saw that you mentioned the B impact assessment, um, but what happened also with the C CDGs? Um, action manager and the climate tool is that something that worth it to use and also display that information and build trust with those tools because sometimes the impact assessment could be like huge for a small company so is that a good yeah has that really good reliability those other tools yeah yeah and i mean open the floor to others who want to contribute to this but yes the SDG Action Manager is a really great internal tool to use to help you benchmark where you are doing well, aligning to the sustainable development goals. Um, and you can use that. I am mean, going through the B Impact Assessment and the SDG Action Manager, it, 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 we hear a lot from people that it kind of, Sometimes you're already doing the work. Sometimes you've identified things you need to improve to meet the requirements. Um, And through that process of building the evidence, you're actually building the evidence for your business and that's what you can hold true. But they they provide a really useful framework for you to kind of then inform what you communicate about. Thank
0: you. Cool. All right. We're pretty much on time. So with that in mind, we'll roll on through. So we, like I said, we're very fortunate. We've got um, two for the price of one. Um, What they used to call Uh it in in marketing in the marketing world in the uk it it was known as bog off buy one get one free um Which links back to who gives a crap, I suppose. Bog roll, bog off, who knows? We're going down all sorts of rabbit holes. Um, so with us, we have Leon and Michelle. So I only have the bio for Leon, though. So Michelle, you'll have to fill in some blanks, Um. or, or, or um, Leon can co-introduce you. But um. Uh, Leon is co-founder of Augusto with Michelle. Um, Augusto is a hybrid creative and production agency that brings the thinking and the making together to offer clients everything from concept to creation. Um, Leon has a history based in the practical side of radio, film, TV, and interactive marketing. And Leon and Michelle started Augusto in two thousand and eight, uh, just as the content revolution started. Well, that seemed like pretty good timing. Um, <laughs> Leon remains on the practical side probably, of content know. creation as a camera operator and director. He is also co-created producer and co-host of New Zealand's longest-running podcast called The Crypted Factor, <laughs> along with co-host Reece Darby, Kiwis will hopefully know who Reese Darby's is, uh, uh, Aussies, maybe, I don't know. Um, and Dan Schreiber, um, the three take a comedic look at the stranger side of life. Now, having had a good chat to Leon um, a few months ago, I, I particularly understand if you have a penchant for UFOs, his podcast <laughs> could be the rabbit hole that you're looking for. I'll just leave that there. It's all up for you to go and, uh, go and find it. Um, uh, but, yeah, Leon, do you, do you want to introduce Michelle or does Michelle want to introduce herself or, or do you feel yeah, like you've introduced I, well, Augusto I, enough? yeah <laughs> <laughs> better introduce myself. You better you introduce know what say. Um, <laughs>
2: exactly. I am the co-founder of Augusto very proudly. Um, I'll talk a little bit about our leadership journey and how we got to Impact um, and why we're so focused in the Impact space. But um, my background is as a TV director and um, filmmaker as well. Leon and I started the business out of a back bedroom in 2018 right in the, in the beginning of the GFC to get some more time back.
3: <laughs> futile effort
2: yeah we had three uh, at the time we now have four and we're like i know let's start a business yeah, and
3: we now have 45 odd stuff yeah. accidentally so the the time getting the time back is uh was futile um
2: so my i ended up finding myself running a an ad agency of which i'd never worked in an ad agency luckily um I don't know who's Batman and Robin. You, you're Batman. You're Batman.
3: You're Batman. <laughs> um,
2: and now I run a tech company, so I've moved into tech um, helping kids stay in sport, which is completely impact led. So um, we've had a pretty crazy 15 years and um, such a pleasure to be able to help um, you know, share our story. And hopefully we can give you some interesting insights into our process of um, choosing to go in do B Corp the process which um, largely Leon has been leading and also bringing the staff along on that journey. We're not fully there yet. We're half far away, Tim.
0: We, we, <laughs> we were hoping so for, for uh, transparency. Yeah. Leon, well the Augusto team are like this close from being a bit, we were hoping that they would be a hey, any More moment. To any today, way. they're like seconds any away moment. from being a big, but Hey, yeah. um, the universe we're, didn't we're, conspire. Yeah. The
2: cool thing is, is we we're still at the beginning of our journey. That's why I asked that question around how important is it that marketers are also um, aligned because there's some great opportunity, I think, with us um, working with more more customers that are B Corp and, and B Corp focused. But, I've talked a lot. Why don't you
3: um well yeah back,
2: our background a little
3: bit? Yeah, well I guess I guess the main thing for Michelle and I is that we did start at the content revolution. We 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 I guess we saw this really interesting moment in time. And now looking back, it's obviously very easy to see the the path of content and the content revolution as it was inevitable all along. But at the time that we started Augusto, the iPhone had just been released and you turned that little stone on its side and it looked very much like a TV screen. And the other thing that had happened is that YouTube was only a year old and had celebrated its one millionth video uploaded. It was a big moment. Um, And Vimeo had started the same week that we started Augusto. And, And that was really important because up until then, when we started the company, Uh, we were used to telling corporate stories by burning them onto DVDs, which would get handed out at trade shows. And those stories had to be hyper-specific because it was going to be about a certain company's product or service at a level of somebody needing to actually know more information specifically around that thing. When we as storytellers, when we saw this ability for, it wasn't actually even going to be ability, we had a belief that brands were going to have to tell their story in a public forum. And it's the first time that it happened. We saw ad agencies uh, that were making 30-second television commercials for a million dollars. We saw TV companies making a six-part documentary series for a million dollars. And there were little uh, corporate video companies that were called doing the work with brands making DVDs. And we saw at this point that brands were all of a sudden going to need to be storytellers. And they're going to have to tell their story in a a public forum. And not
2: as commercial.
3: Not as a commercial sense. And so that's what really gave us the start. And we were really passionate about that. And we inevitably, we started our company wanting to tell documentaries because we were always passionate about Mm. telling important stories and stuff. And we thought telling brand stories you know, in a short form sense, well, that can bankroll us until we're big enough to make big documentaries. As it happens, what we've found out over the 15 years that we've been going is that the big documentaries, although they're wonderful, Michelle here is part of her bio. She has directed New Zealand's top grossing documentary of all time, which is uh, Richie McCaw's Chasing Great, uh, which is now coming on 10 years old and still holds the mantle for top grossing documentary of of all time. Uh, it wasn't the one that made the most amount of money uh, just <laughs> <laughs> on the download. Just because it made, took lots of money in the box office, not all of that came to us. But that was really important because uh, as a female leader and and our company always being um, uh, a dominant in female leadership, Michelle's been the CEO for the whole time. I've been writing the coattails or the Batman tales, as it were, um, that, um, that we... In that process of making these documentaries, uh, we suddenly realised that the brand stories and telling, helping brands tell their stories, is so much more fun because you're helping people articulate what they do. You're helping them articulate their culture, but also more importantly, a documentary takes two or three years to make, and there's the commercial stuff. So that's, I guess, how we we always had an. In- tension of... I
2: think we thought it would be more like 50-50, but now the agency has um, Augusto. There's actually four companies in the group. Augusto has about 40 staff uh, that do campaigns. Um, and this is important because the, the type of work we do has changed through this process of impact. But mm. we have 40 staff that work on um, primarily global work for brands like Adidas. Um, and that's, that's an interesting story in itself. Um, Tourism New Zealand, um, Pathfinder, and more and more impact brands. Um, so that is probably the majority of the staff and revenue work in that space. We have another company called Corner Store, which does fast turnaround video content for um, sometimes big brands that are doing more always on content or smaller companies that are looking to tell their story. Um, we have the documentary division and then we have the tech division, which um, I run now, which is which is really cool. But mm-hmm. um I think that the, the thing around impact is, has been really interesting journey for us because we started out, like we said, wanting to tell stories that impact people for good and realised that documentaries are really hard to scale. They're hard to get funding for. People might watch them once and then they sort of get forgotten. You've got advertising that um, we have a bit more impact. We can have more impact if we work with a brand. That is impact led and interestingly, um, one of the most exciting things I think that happened when we started leaning further and further into wanting to being articulating that we wanted to tell more stories that impact people and planet for good is we attracted more brands that were aligned. Um, When we started the process, um, I'm sort of jumping ahead, but when we started the process of looking into becoming B Corp, I was a little bit nervous about how many years ago is this maybe Two, two years ago, yeah. two, three. I was a little bit nervous about articulating it. Like I was like, what if we talk about, if we say that we, on all all parts of the business, that if we broadly tell stories, can we be brave enough to say that we want to tell stories that impact people on the planet for good? And will that mean that the, the businesses that are helping pay our bills and keeping our staff in, in stable jobs will think that we're not a good fit for them? And can we influence... What they do and there's all these interesting dilemmas because in some respects our staff welfare and knowing that they have stable jobs is a really important part of our impact Mm. but if the brands that are paying us to do that are not aligned there's there's that real Mm. um, there's that real challenge and so in what if 2021 when we uh, had been doing this for a long time we had a procurement call with adidas and um as i said we we started with them making one little small video and in, in 2010, and we now do um, a huge amount of their work for their global global business units. And it's scary when you get the call up that says, "Hey, procurement are looking at the ad agency roster," because you're like, "Oh, oh, I don't know, we're gonna um, potentially get turfed out of the roster." So we have this call, and I was like, "You know what? I'm just gonna just tell them what we care about, and um, if that doesn't align well." God, well, you know, do we really want to work for this brand? And so I remember it was like an 8, 7 p.m. call and we were sitting down in the boardroom and I was like, well, she said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, actually, we want to work with brands that um, help p- the people and planet that that do things for people and planet for good. And um, and that's really important to us. And we're going through the B Corp process. And she was like, ah, that's really interesting. And we talked a little bit more about it, and then we hung up the call and were like, "Oh, hopefully that went okay." And I think within a week, we were given without um, without having to pitch Adidas sustainability work, and that was like an unbelievable kind of yeah. light bulb moment, where we were like, "Oh my gosh!" Um, firstly, we have to you know check out that, that 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 what that work is, and we don't want to work help them greenwash, but. Um, that led to us doing all this amazing sustainability work, and from there we worked. Um, we got the job to do again. Prince Harry, people started hearing that we were talking about this stuff, and Prince Harry came to us through another connect, and we got to do his work on sustainable uh, his sustainable travel brand called Travelist. Mm. Um, we got Path founder work, and and it just started to kind of snowball.
3: Probably, probably the biggest part of that as well is. Um... That the staff, you know, the the staff health here, them knowing that we were on this journey, and that they suddenly started to see those benefits and start working on great work was was really, um, you know, the most important part of it. And 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 back to the B Corp process for us, and going through that process of learning about ourselves by trying to apply for B Corp status. We learned ourselves that the staff were the most important thing for us, and and that that was the biggest part. Um, and that has helped us tell our story. And now that that is the biggest part of us telling our own story is how important our staff are. We've always said that our staff are more important than our clients, and that is becoming so more and more true. So that is our journey now, where we are actually trying to articulate how important our client, how our staff are, and that the. Clients need to fit our staff rather than the other mm-hmm. way. Probably some really practical tips. Just really um, conscious that we want to give some practical tips before we uh, uh, before we get to a couple of questions. Hopefully, um, probably the the things that we've echoing what Angie was talking about. Some practical ex- examples of brands that have come to us and wanting to tell their story. The very first thing that we talk about when a brand needs to tell the story, particularly this day and age, is the authenticity part. Mm. Whether it's a written story, whether it's on a website, whether it, it is a uh, video, and whether or not you need to articulate it in a way that is you know, B to C or B to B, whatever. The authenticity part is so critical because people this day and age sniff out in authenticity uh, faster than anything. And mm. so that is authenticity, Though probably the most important part of that is being brave, and mm. it's it's easy to say, "Oh, we're authentic and and we're telling our authentic story." But with that, you need to be warts and all. I be, we mm. believe anyway, I, and I think people appreciate that. I think uh, pe- people appreciate the. The, the vulnerability that you show in that process. I remember um, a while ago, um, Adidas, one of the very first big jobs they brought to us was telling the history of the All Blacks jersey. They wanted to make a documentary about it and have it self-funded. Now, it was never going to be, it was impossible for them to actually fund this documentary and have people n- not know that they were the funders of it. The very first thing we said to them: Are you prepared to be brave? And they were like, Oh, yes, yes, yeah, we're very, uh, you know, open to that. Yeah. And we said, What does that mean for you? And they say, Oh, you know, we'll show our processes. And we said, Well, are you prepared to show you failing? They're like, oh, no, no, we can't show ourselves failing. And we're like, Well, do you fail in the process of making the All Blacks jersey? They're like, Oh, yes, we actually have to start with a at a point of failure and bring it backwards. And it's really sometimes really nail biting. Sometimes we only get the jersey made right at the last second for the manufacturing process and what have you. And so it was a really hard process, but we actually got them to be brave enough to allow us to show that whole process of that vulnerability. And then when it came out, the one thing that didn't happen was that they weren't they weren't judged or they weren't slammed for um I won't say greenwashing because there's nothing about environmental impact or anything like that, but it was certainly um, they, the authenticity that they showed of it being so nail bitingly close mm-hmm. felt like an authentic story, felt like a documentary, felt like they were being vulnerable. And it's, it's still out there now. They still, although it's very old, it was 2011, it's pr- it, it was yeah, it's uh, a process they really enjoyed. It was interesting. Yeah, so that that authenticity needs to come from a place that almost feel, makes you feel uncomfortable. I would say, would you agree?
2: Yeah, I think particularly. Um, I mean, particularly for the for the women, the female leaders in the room. Um, I've got a whole other um, interesting perspective on this, but um, leaning into what you bring as a female, um, I love our story because, gosh, that's so, I was even reading some of the copy. It's really Ooh. brave. I think, um. Being filling the space as yourself, as a woman and as a female founder, in, in those instances, is incredibly powerful. Rather than thinking you need to add more to yourself to fit what leadership might look like in your mind, um, I, we find you know female leadership allows great things for the men that you lead as well. In in um, I know we're a little bit off off piece, but I do think. <laughs> I do think your your own story as a female is really important, and and the the um, attributes you bring as a as a woman into your company are incredibly powerful. Um, so so in that instance where there's female leadership, I definitely lead into that. Um, and then, like you say, I think you made a really good point, um, Angie, with your talking about and Tim about the most important people you're telling your story to is your staff. So there's just a little anecdote on that. We were um, when you got when you become b corp it doesn't mean that all your staff are going to be on board with that you can start hiring for people that really care about those those value-based things but not everybody's going to come along you know feel as passionately as you do about saving the environment or sustainability or better practices for staff um but over time we've seen more and more people shift to really care about this especially uh, young people coming in when we were talking about, okay, we're, we're becoming big Corp and we're so excited and we're going to start working with brands that that meaningfully are doing good for people and planet, um, we'd just come out of COVID and we got offered the work to do, to work on Ineos, which is a um, petrochemical brand that sponsored the All Blacks. And it was so fascinating. They came in first and we went, nope, we won't work on Ineos, and they went away. And then they came back and they had their budgets and they were like, we'd really love you to work on this. And um, that was really hard. Your values don't mean a lot until they cost you something, you know, and we had to really sit there and say we could really do with this money. This is we've had a tough couple of years and do, are we brave enough to say no and create a vacuum for another client that is going to fit? And, you know, I say nature abhors a vacuum. That vacuum is very powerful. And we said no and took a big breath in. And we had maybe seven emails from staff saying thank you for putting your money where your mouth is. And it would have felt really disingenuous for us to talk about this out and out in the open about being B Corp and then be working on Enios. Um, and interestingly, that's when I think that's when the Adidas thing actually yeah, just came in, yeah. not far after that, and and our work So that's scary, but um, but I, that that story to your staff and being authentic to your staff is really really important. And sometimes it's really hard. Even now, we still work on mm-hmm. some brands that are alcohol brands and. We've got like, it's 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 not always perfect and, and hopefully there'll be a time when we only tell stories. Create more
3: vacuums. Yeah. <laughs> Mind, mindful that there's only three yeah. or four minutes left and we did not even get to talk about UFOs. So I'm really <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> I, I feel like there needs to
0: be a whole separate webinar. On yeah, the, maybe. The, the intersection between B Corp and UFOs. That's going to be niche, <laughs> but hey. Wow, I thinking.
2: won't be there for that one.
0: <laughs> any, any, yeah, any other sort of couple of tips? Like the brave one, I think is, is so true. Um, but yeah, any any other in terms of like because you guys are just next level in terms of your ability to tell amazing stories at the level that you're working at. So yeah, any any other, I mean the hero's journey, be brave. Yeah, any, any other like two, two yeah. or three top tips that you like. Add?
3: It, uh, yeah, good, good point, Tim. Know your audience is the biggest one. No mm-hmm. before you start anything else, before you start deciding to be brave and authentic. Know exactly who your audience is to a degree where you can actually write them up and draw them as a person, you know, write write who that audience member is. Call them a name, call them, you know, Carol 25 years old, you know, blah blah blah. Maybe have three or four people that you describe like that in a way that you actually know exactly who your audience is. And and I and I think probably the most important thing with that is don't write who your customer is, write who your audience is. They need to be entertained. Is, is, is any form mm-hmm. of story is entertainment and, mm-hmm. uh, and whether you are being, you know, trying to tell them, talk about your product, whether you're, not, whether you're trying to talk about your beliefs or your, mm-hmm. um your ethics, it's still tori- storytelling. You need to take them along on a journey and, and don't be afraid to use AI tools. Don't be afraid to use chat GPT. Don't be afraid to actually get whatever help you mm-hmm. can get to be able to help start um, that process of entertaining an audience?
2: Yeah, because it's very easy. I think most of us do it and we're guilty of it ourselves and desperately wanting to show what you are and who you are. And actually your audience is generally wanting to figure out what's in it for them. And if you can try really hard to put your audience and customer right in the centre of your thinking, it, it sounds really like, 101, but you'd be surprised 95 percent of businesses don't do it. That their, their, their custom, what their customer is getting from them is not their first thought. It's actually like quite mm. far down the list. So if you can just yeah, put them right in the center of what are they getting? Almost like you strip off your own needs and go, what am I what value am I bringing to this company meaningfully and authentically, mm. then it's quite easy to sell.
3: I I remember also there was a question there about how do you make uh, sure that you're not greenwashing? And, and I think that is a really, that's a really interesting and challenging one to do because in that authenticity, and and I think this is where being brave can help. And you talking about your own, you know, being, the best way to not greenwash is to show how you are trying to not greenwash, if that makes oh, sense. And yes, yes. as in as much as showing your vulnerabilities in trying to be sustainable, in trying to be a value but values based business, none of us get it right, as Michelle mm-hmm. was saying. And so, in 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 talking about wanting to not greenwash, and talking about how you are trying to get to a point where you are. Uh, the best you can possibly can be, but showing your vulnerabilities, I always find is a really, really good way to to make sure that it's not seeming somebody coming out and saying, you know that you know the product is the be-all and end-all and does everything to solve every prod problem on the world is is never going to get there. The latest campaign we're doing just on the download, but with. Um, uh, with Adidas, with their sustainability campaign, is part of it. They actually talk about how they know that they've been part of the problem and that mm-hmm. they are trying to do what they can to not be that problem going forward. So, so um, yeah. yeah, that's I think a really important. Part.
2: Oh, and the last thing I'd say is just arm your staff with your story as well. They are, we often forget that they're one of your biggest channels to market. It's the barbecue talk. What do you do and why? And let them um, buy into and believe the story. Mm-hmm so that they talk passionately about what you do, that's incredibly powerful.
3: They should be your first audience potentially, yeah. Beautiful.
0: Too easy. Hey, well, thank you so much, guys. Round of mm-hmm. applause for Leon and Michelle and for all the amazing uh, work you guys and girls are doing. Um, we, we had, a, When people booked in for the event, um, there was your option to um, uh, submit some questions. We've got a couple of questions there. Um, and I'll, actually, I'll go with this first, one because I think this is a really, really great one. Um, how do you convert story inspiration to sales in this very tough economy? That's like right to the heart of this. Like, yeah, marketing, you know, I'm, I'm a reformed sales guy. So I love picking on marketing people because it's like you guys saw the colouring in and then allegedly I'm <laughs> going to be swamped with all these customers. But, you know, as Peter Drucker said, we know that marketing works. We just don't know which, you know, we know the 50% of marketing works. We just don't know which 50% it is. So yes, how, how do we well,
2: create action? i feel yeah i mean that's 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 a whole topic isn't it um, <laughs> that's,
0: that's our next <laughs> webinar topic <sorted. laughs> maybe,
2: maybe, maybe, that, maybe that is one to talk to because um i think if your story is really authentic and you really believe it it comes through so naturally to the point where you almost need to put a lid on how enthusiastic you are about solving the problems um with our tech company coachmate which helps it's it's quite a long story but that helps keep kids in sports through. Um, supporting parent volunteers who deliver sports to deliver great sports experiences, the people who pay for it are sports bodies. And interestingly, we, we just won the golf Australia um, account to deliver golf to um, kids across Australia. And when we were in there, I asked them, why did you choose us? And they said, actually, I think they volunteered it. They said, because we believed that you really cared about the problem. Now, obviously we have a finance, we, we have to be a sustainable business. It's profit and purpose, but, because we so genuinely care about the problem, which is helping kids stay in, in sport for their mental health and for the well-beings of their communities. Um, it just came through. And so of course, you've got to back that up with a great product and and a good business model and and great numbers that, that work. You have to understand your customer, but gosh, that goes a long way. Mm. Like, yeah. I think they probably, we might've even been more expensive, but they just believed that we were going to be their partner to help them solve that problem. So um
3: mm that's what
2: i'd say the
0: authenticity really helps nice and i think um as you sort of mentioned the entertain thing and um angie's i i I believe tongue-in-cheek comments about my style um i mean but (laughs) but that's very much what we're about like there's a whole bunch of stuff that is pretty bad in the planet and for people but if you just go doom and gloom oddly enough people don't like to engage in that people Mm -hmm. want to see inspiring they want to see someone's actually giving this a go. Let's get, you know, for me, my whole methodology behind marketing is look like we're having the best party on the street that people want to come and have a a beer with you. Um, So, yeah, yeah, I think, um, yeah, you, you, like I said, I think that's something that you really bring because you've got that understanding of that entertainment, which I think Mm. quite often marketing forgets maybe the entertainment side of it, rather Mm. than, like you say, we just want to try and sell the product. So let's just get a brochure out there that sells the product rather than, think think Robbie Williams I guess is the key isn't it let me entertain (laughs) you (laughs) yeah yeah um cool um I've got another question so greenwashing is one thing but green hushing is the other thing the other end of the expect the other end of the spectrum and I think you kind of talk to to it quite a lot about being brave but quite often something we hear you know more broadly in the BFOP community is oh I didn't want to tell that story because you know, I thought people wouldn't believe me, or they'd criticize me for not having it done well enough. So I suppose the bravery—you you kind of covered it on that, but yeah, Angie, maybe bringing you back in. Any thoughts on how we comp- how we conquer green hushing as much as green washing, and and finding that sweet spot, the Goldilocks of
1: storytelling? <laughs> yeah, there's some uh, there's some pretty interesting impact uh, research uh, from brand finance. You might have seen about the disparity between sustainable credentials and perception of sustainability and what some brands who are actually doing great work and not talking about it are losing value from not communicating it. So there's the business side of it. But more importantly, from B Corps and our role, like it's about... Uh, showing the leadership and connecting with the customers is a way to drive change. So if we're not talking about what we're doing, we're not encouraging and inspiring others to do it too. Um, And um, that's a risk as well. But I think, I mean, we we did actually just, I just posted in the chat earlier, starting with the substantiation, which is where the B Corp, I mean, I'm telling the B Corp story, but where the B Corp framework comes in, you've got the evidence. So it gives you the confidence to talk about what you're doing. And then when you do go to, like, making a claim, like an aspiring claim, um, you just need to make sure that when you're leading with that, like, we want to do this, we want to reduce, we want to be net positive by blah, 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 date, you actually need to just make sure you've got a plan to get there to back it up. So do the work and go out there and be bold and be brave, as Augusto says, but make sure you've got the credibility and the credentials to back it up and, um, yeah, try not to be shy. And I, I challenge you on the marketing people making things look pretty.
3: <laughs>
1: marketing, marketing people need to be involved from the beginning, like uh-huh. the very beginning. And, <laughs> and they need to be involved in the st- sustainability um, strategy of the business as well so that it's really embedded in the culture of the organisation um, and that everyone's really committed to sharing that story. As um, Leon and Michelle said, your employees are your best ambassadors.
3: And and just to add to that, that's a really good point, Angie. And and just to add to, I guess specifically to the New Zealand audience, Australians, Michelle's uh, Australian. Uh, she tries to hide it at times <laughs> over here in New Zealand around rugby matches, in particular. But to the New Zealanders in the audience, I think there's a common thing with you know the the tall poppy syndrome, and and it's a real thing. It's a very real thing, and I think as New Zealanders, we 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 don't celebrate success enough. We don't celebrate. Our uh, desires to do better enough, you know, we we downplay ourselves a lot, and it's a real issue. And and I think it's something that needs to to be combated over time. Um, but I I think that green hushing comes into play there as well. That none mm-hmm. of us, we didn't even want to put our logo on our door it took us three, until, years. three years until we felt we were good enough as yeah. far as a brand <laughs> ourselves. But but with this, um, I think. Again, I, uh, you know, authenticity and, and bravery is probably uh, another part of the solution, but I'd encourage people to try and get over that tall poppy syndrome. Yeah,
2: be are so proud. Like the B Corp thing is not easy. And the fact that you, you put the effort in to do that and change your policies and stuff, it's something to be really proud of. Yeah. That credential is not you saying you did good. You get to yeah. say, hey, other people looked at what we did and they said it was good enough. And Maybe that that'll give you a bit more confidence to be really proud and talk about it. Yeah. It is tricky though, because you don't want to be like, We're B Cop. Are you not? You like <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but even the process of being on the journey and being able to say, Hey, it's a long journey and we're not quite there yet. Um, yeah, I felt really proud to talk about that.
0: Cool. Mm. Oh. All right. Well, we've got a minute left. What I would like to do for <laughs> those of you who are still on, the perfect timing. So thank you. Massive round of applause again to Leon, Michelle and Angie. If you're game, if you're up for it, if you're happy to go one minute into your lunch break, what I'd like to do is chuck a bunch of you into some breakout rooms with just you and one other person and just have a chat with that other person. And what is the big thing that you've learned from today? Or what's the big thing that you're going to do? Or um, to finish off with a bit of Robbie... What are you going to do to entertain some people and inspire them to go and do some more good? So thank you so much. I'll chuck in a breakout room. When you leave the breakout room, you'll just disappear. So thank you so much. And we'll send you a bunch of links and all that kind of stuff. So breakout rooms coming your way. Hey, it's Tim here, that B Corp bloke from Grow Good. If you want more content on Purpose B Corp, how to do more good in the world as an individual or a business, then you know the drill. Hit the like and subscribe. Check out some of our other videos. They're probably floating around here somewhere. You know how it works. Thank you so much. See you next time.